Welcome to Bevington Banter, the show where we can sound like we're arguing even when we all agree. I'm Cassidy, and together with my brother Cade and dad Randy, each week we discuss a selection of news stories, topics surrounding the culture, and matters of freedom and faith. Thanks for listening. Follow and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Share it, and if you like what you hear, rate it five stars on Apple and Spotify. So we are recording this on Thursday, March 9th, and this morning, around 6.45 Eastern time, a Norfolk Southern trail derailed in Alabama hours before the CEO was set to testify before Congress about the Ohio derailment. The first of two Ohio derailments. Right. Because there was one within the last week in Springfield. You know, if I was the Norfolk Southern um, CEO, I would have gone... We got to correct this already. Norfolk Suffolk. Suffolk. Yeah, I know. As According KJP to KJP. Say, if I was the CEO. Where did she even get that? I don't know. Where did she get the Nordstrom pipeline Suffolk, and the County. Nobel, and the Nobel County, Prize? County, New York. It's probably where she's from. And a breathing room. A bre- yeah. Yeah. So anyways, uh, if I was the CEO of Norfolk Southern, I would start claiming um, sabotage. To say, hey, this isn't our fault. We're, we're not this bad. We are not this terrible. We are Wouldn't being that sabotaged. Be something? I, I would. Be something? Be like, I Even have if it wasn't true, I would claim it. The federal government is derailing our trains. Tell oh, me. Because even if it wasn't true, I would believe that in an instant. Yeah, convince me it's oh, not. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you can't prove a negative. Well, but I would want I, to see the evidence that he had that proved that it was them. I, I would certainly give him but a I listen. But I would discount it right away. Exactly. Definitely not. I would be listening. I would still want him to show it to me. But I'd, he'd have my attention. But if I wanted to, to deflect about all of my trains derailing and because people were thinking we're so horrible and incompetent, I would say we're being sabotaged. Like um, and, like a couple minutes after I'm, – I'm, I'm pretty sure it was like a couple minutes after that happened. He claimed in front of Congress that um, their number of derailments was lower than it's been in 10 years. I saw someone just tweet, that's a lie, and put up a graph that showed... Either that's a lie or it's no, alarming. <laughs> they, no, yeah, it would be a problem. <laughs> either way. If it was the, either way. Yeah. Um, but they put on... Someone put up a graph right underneath it that literally showed the statistics, and it said um, 10 years ago that um, it was two accidents per million miles traveled. Two accidents. Not necessarily derailments, it just said accidents. And now... Um, it's about 3.65 in two, in 2021 it was 3.8 so it was even higher accidents per million miles but the last year that i saw on that graph was um 2022 and i'd have to imagine that if you put just the beginning part of this year in there it would be way higher than that yeah but the the number of accidents per million miles is going to be different than the the actual actual number because maybe yeah, they're traveling, going maybe less, they're traveling miles. less miles. Yeah, that, uh, I was talking about that today, and Chris that I work with pointed that out too. That was the first thing he thought of was, "Hey, maybe they don't, maybe they're not traveling as much, so they can get away with saying we have a less total number of accidents, but yeah. we're also traveling like half as less, so it's way more <laughs> per yeah. mile." Whatever. It's just it's just crazy that this has brought to light. The problem, and and yet I don't want to hear Congress telling us anymore they need another trillion dollars or whatever for infrastructure. When you know you have all this stuff going on, um, trains derailing and factories burning up and trucks, tanker trucks spilling, and 
bridges why they collapsing. Need so much money and, for it. Well, they haven't spent. Apparently, they haven't spent what they've got, or else this wouldn't be happening. Because the this stuff it used to not be like this in the country, so they've let it deteriorate. So Kevin McCarthy released all of the January 6th footage or gave it to Tucker Carlson, unedited the full thing, not what, you know, they've been using here and there to present the narrative that they want. And Tucker went through it. He did a piece on it, shared all this footage. It has like blown up. Everyone, people are saying he should be removed from the air and he's a liar. He's supporting this big lie and he's just showing the footage that is there. Yeah, only we can selectively edit that, says MSNBC. There's so much about this. I, I listened to, um, well, first of all, the actual number they said that they say that he got access to was 44,000 hours. Um, he stated up front that a lot of that that they looked at is just video of empty space. There's no one in the areas where there's video being taking place because I, 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 crunched the number quickly the, a couple of weeks ago here on the show that given the number of hours and blah, blah, I forget what how it was, but basically there's like 1500 cameras on the Capitol <laughs> at the Capitol. So there's cameras everywhere, videoing empty hallways and rooms and stuff. So the, a good portion of it was that kind of stuff. And I heard him yesterday on uh, Glenn Beck interviewed him and he said, look, we focused on the three kind of main stories that have kind of come out of this, the, the you know, the, the horn hat guy, uh, the Brian's, uh, the, the officer sick, Nick, you know, was murdered. And what was the, I forget what the third one was. I, I, anyways, they only focused on a few main, you know, main areas. They couldn't go through all this video and break it all down. And I'm this idea like, Oh, they selectively edited it. Tell me how, you present 44,000 hours of video. There's been never, ever, ever, and ever will be a presentation of it that isn't selectively edited. There's 44,000 hours of it. Oh, the other one was the Josh Hawley lie. That was it. Um, where he was running away scared when, in fact, oh, right. they just clipped that little part of just him when it was all of the Congress people being led out and he was like trailing at the end of those people leaving and yeah everybody's jogging to get out of the way so that was like that was the third one so he said we just were trying to show that the basically the totality the the, the way it's been framed for the january 6th commi commission is not really as accurate as it, you know as it should be because we see here the horn hat guy is the classic example. And didn't he have footage that they didn't even give the defense? The yes, defense in fact, oh yeah, that. all of that. that all was that footage of him being led through there. Yeah, the horn hat guys. Yeah, the police um, are the, allowing them in. The horn hat guy's attorney was on last night, and he said he was not given that video. In fact, he said, even if I hadn't requested it, by law, they're required to give it to me because it's exculpatory. There's no way that that, that guy should be in jail for yeah, almost four that, years that needs to be a mistrial right now like immediately yeah. upon upon learning that well that should be an mean, immediate mistrial you mean they didn't give him the footage of the guy standing in the the room where they convene praying thanking god for the police officers right or showing the showing him walking with police this is the way it looks yeah. because all this look outside 
and in the road, you know, in the main areas, entrance into the capital stuff, there are hundreds and even thousands. And I would say overall at, at the, at, there were millions of people there. He is in the midst of that sea of humanity. He is a lone person walking through the Capitol being walked along with, uh, Capitol policeman. How did he get so alone? He was identified in my, this is my opinion. Cause he looked, it's clear like to me. Could, exactly. Right. He looked like the perfect setup. So he was ice. He was identified. He was isolated. And then he was escorted to a great place for a photo, for, for a photo op to make their case. And it is absolute classic entrapment. If I go and knock on the door of a closed business, a, a department store, a bank there, it's closed, it's locked. But, but the security guard walks over and unlocks the door and says, come on in. And then takes a picture of me saying I'm breaking in. That's entrapment. That, that is well, exactly what happened to this guy. Well, let's say hypothetically that someone approached you and said, you know what we should do is kidnap the governor of Michigan and they get you all hyped up and, and it's their idea and you should definitely do that. And they get you to contact some friends, too. And the next thing you know, um, you're getting arrested. Well, you then you learn, hypothetically, of course, that the people that that planted that idea in your mind were actually FBI agents and FBI informants. And you ended up going to prison anyway for years. Yeah. yeah. Hypothetically. Is that entrapment? Yeah. It is entrapment. But yeah, so I, I'm it just, absolutely is. By the way, uh, for people who didn't catch on, that's real. But the horn hat guy, the horn hat guy, we have it on video. We have the horn hat guy being entrapped on video. How does a man <laughs> get? How does a man in the middle of two to three million million people? They estimate. How does he get to be completely by himself, walking along with a couple of Capitol policemen, ushered into where they multiply show them trying to get open doors into the Senate chambers, but they're locked, and they finally find an open one or unlock one for him so he can go in? How, how is that not entrapment? I'll take it's a setup for 500. Here's the other thing about it is that it's so frustrating. We used to think that we had – the final backstop for justice was the judiciary. We could go, we could have our day in court. That is no longer the case. These judges that are, that are abed, about, you know, abetting this are absolutely need to be removed as well because this is crazy that the, the judges are going along with what's taking place. What's the process for that? You impeach judges? I guess. And they have to go through like I, uh, a trial? I, I'm not sure. Um, the other thing about this, like you just mentioned in the setup, uh, there's a poll, um, a, a Rasmussen poll of voters. 61% of voters absolutely believe that this is a federal, federal setup. So when the Democrats come out and, and the swampy re Republicans that hate Trump come out and say, oh, Tucker Carlson, this is horrible. You're destroying democracy. You're going to foster another insurrection. When they come out and they have this reaction to it, and yet 61% of the people disagree with them and think it was set up by the feds, they are, they are you know, disenfranchising a lot of their own voters. So why would they, why would they do that? Why, why would they do that? Unless they're not, it goes back to what I've said all along. They're not scared, worried about elections because they got that under control. 
Otherwise, you do not look at 61% of your vo- uh, voters and say, I'm going to put out a narrative that contradicts what my voters believe. I think it was Ben Shapiro talking about this, saying that people just want to move on now and that either party, if they make this a large portion of their platform, it's going to hurt them. However, if those people are sitting in jail for this for years, then we cannot let it go. Just move on, right. There are people sitting in jail who do not belong there. Even if the left, you know, lets it go now and stops using it, we can't if those people are sitting in jail unjustly. Even if the people were, um, you know, picked up, rounded up, arrested as a part of an investigation to the January 6th events, okay, okay. they identified these people. They and, and they brought them in. Some of them were arrested. But set that aside. The due process over the last two years has been completely ignored. It's been an absolute joke. They have not received the normal due process that any defendant would receive in our judicial system. So I think I'm guessing that this other fact came out of the uh, Fox News and Dominion case that they found text messages from tucker carlson saying that he hates trump but they're accusing him in this right in both this case and in the dominion case of helping trump and say, like helping being a part of the big lie but like yeah, what, what about here, just saying the truth yeah I, right, and yeah and is I, wouldn't I, that be a good sign that he hates Trump, right. but he's still reporting the news? Yeah. Right. Yeah, but he's that's still going to report the truth. Yeah, that's actually yeah. very. I, I don't like Trump. Yeah, that's what yeah. I said. That, I, I, that's exactly what I tweeted when I first saw this. Is like this is a positive. This is what you want of a journalist to be able to set aside his personal opinions and still report on the events. It's called integrity. That's what a journalist I, is I know supposed that's to. Like this is, a journalist is supposed to do. Um, but I've also what what you just mentioned, Cassidy. They're they're conflating. I've heard a lot of people conflating this because of the findings that are coming out in from depositions and stuff like that, and texts and emails in the Dominion lawsuit that Fox has ongoing, where there's been some statement of like, well, you know, who, whoever, um, not just Tucker Carlson, but others, um, they, you know, they they over exaggerated. They whatever, you know. Um, they shouldn't have platformed the the Dominion voting, blah, blah, blah. And they're conflating that and just saying that that's applying that to the January 6th stuff that Ta- Tucker Carlson just let out. And that's not well, true. Don't they Those think statements. That, don't they think that that led to January 6th? I don't know. But 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 the Fox News stuff that they're saying, well, they, you know, even Rupert Murdoch said that they lied, blah, blah, blah. That That is not a part of. And they've been connecting that to this January 6th release of tapes with Tucker Carlson. That is not what he has said. Nobody has said that at Fox. That stuff is all a part of the Dominion uh, lawsuit, not this January 6th release of a video. Again, you, you, you can't if, – if it's on a mainstream source uh, of, you know, of news, you just pretty much believe the opposite. It's, it's so bad. We open the show with somebody testifying in front of Congress. Well, here's another story. Someone testifying in front of Congress. This one with the looking into the origins of COVID-19. The former CDC director, Dr. Robert Redfield, testified that he was excluded from discussions and calls and meetings about the origins of COVID-19 because he suspected it was a lab leak. He also said that gain-of-function research, this is a quote, 
probably caused the greatest pandemic in our world has seen, end quote. And he said that he thinks that he went as far as to say he thinks that we, the U.S., funded the research that produced this uh, virus. And not, you know, nobody in his position has been willing to say these things. Well, he even, and he said it in front of Congress. He even listed the agencies. There were multiple, three or four agencies that all contributed funding to this. Yes. Uh, this gain of function. And the last one he mentioned was the Department of Defense, which ties into a, a clip that I had sent you guys and, and a story with links and stuff as well that I had put on our show notes today as well. And that's um, this, uh, if I can pull her up. Her, she, it's, um, it's a woman who is uh, testifying at a conference in Stockholm and she's a former medical device researcher and development executive. Her name is Sasha Latoypa Topova. Loya Sasha Latopova. Latopova. Sasha Latopova. Okay. So that sounds good. She presents a whole like a, I don't know, maybe twenty five minute long, thirty minute long presentation of going through, you know, what's going on with the, her, her basic premise is, is that, um, the problem is happening with the vaccines and it's, and it's not just the, this Pfizer, uh, the, the COVID vaccine, but the quality control of producing these products, there's a lot of bad stuff that gets in that causes problems. It's just not good quality control. That seemed to be her overarching, um, premise of her presentation but she ended but she also put it uh in the context that this is not driven so much by the pharmaceutical contents as it is it's being driven by the department of defense these are being produced this is what the department of defense wants uh but pfizer already in court stated that please dismiss this case judge we did not defraud the government. We delivered the fraud that the government ordered. The um, So, yeah, she said Pfizer. Pfizer is who asked the judge this. Please throw out the case. Right. They're being sued in the U.S. by this Brooke Johnson, who was a who was a, an employee of Pfizer. And she suffered. She, she felt she was lied to uh, by the company and suffered vaccine injury. And so she says because you can't. You can't actually sue them, it seems, this is what I'm gathering, for the actual injury but uh, because they're protected. But you can sue them if, they, if it's fraud, then you can sue them. So they're being sued in multiple places by, you know, on the grounds of fraud. So she brought this fraud lawsuit against them. And in the, the, in the process of that, the Pfizer lawyer asked the judge to dismiss the lawsuit because they did not perpetrate fraud. They delivered the fraud they were asked to deliver. <laughs> so the lawsuit is against the government. Well, th- that's what Pfizer would then be. That, well, yeah, but I, I but guess they would be complicit. I guess they would they have would be... to say, if you're going to sue somebody, yeah. sue the government because we just gave them what they ordered. Now on that video, there's a guy playing it, and that's him repeating what she's saying in the background. And the yeah, links he's translating English from, to English. <laughs> the links <laughs> to the link for well, actually, he he plays it and he doesn't say anything. Anyways, the links to the to that video of her is on the, our show notes. Uh, links to the Brooke Johnson story is on the show notes. If you go to the page where the video is, 
Um, there's actually multiple links under that showing the documentation that she's using to make her presentation. Do you know what the good news about all of this is? You know how we were worried that everyone would be mad at us for blowing up the pipeline? They're not going to care about that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to be way more mad. They're going to be way more they're mad about this. Off people with it, yeah. Well, and again, her premise, it seemed to me that she was putting forth is that all this is done underneath the Department of Defense, which goes back to I Robert Redfield. I would not Red- blame the world for declaring war against us right. for this. Which goes to, <laughs> back to Robert Redfield saying that, you know, the funding was coming from Department of Defense. No, it, I mean, Jimmy Dore, he says that we're the biggest terrorist on Earth. The U.S. is the biggest terrorist nation on Earth, and it's kind of hard to argue that. And now we're so – how ridiculous is it? Now we have people in our government saying, oh, we didn't blow up the Nord Stream pipeline. The Ukrainians did that. Well, no, they said it was a pro-Ukrainian group. Which, well, we're pro-Ukrainian. That's what I was yeah. going to say. We're pro-Ukrainian. <laughs> They're like, no, so we a, did it. A, a pro-Ukrainian group blew up the pipeline. We are the most are a pro-Ukrainian group. The, Does that mean it could be okay, you? We're I the most pro-Ukrainian. Nor deny. By dollars given in support of this war, we are the most pro-Ukrainian group on the planet. That's the most honest thing they've said in a while. We're probably more pro-Ukraine than Ukrainians. Well, yeah, because a lot of there are people in Ukraine who want to be Russians. That's true. So we will just tell them it was a pro-Ukrainian group. It's so absurd. The Nordstrom pipeline. It's not a lie. (laughs) But because the I will say, though, the Nordstrom pipeline has really like caused the prices of designer you know, like yes. things to fall really because there's such a high supply yeah. of it. And it, the, the way yeah, they're able to transport it so quickly, Nordstrom, you can get, I mean, it's like buying direct from factory. Uh, that Nordstrom pipeline has really brought like the prices <laughs> of handbags down. The um, Another thing I saw in connection with this vaccine is that now 80% of the U.S. blood supply is, is, um, with oh, yeah, I heard that's vaccine. concerning. I, saw, I heard something about that. I actually saw some things about making some rules that people who are vaccinated can't donate blood. So our blood's about to become very valuable. Hmm. And now every time the Red Cross asks from now on, I'm going to be like, how much are we talking? <laughs> I'm not talking about my blood. I'm talking about money. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Um, I, I went to, uh, my uncle is in the hospital and I went. Uh, day before yesterday and when I was going in I heard this uh, it was a male I, th- I think he was a nurse maybe he was a doctor I don't know he was in scrubs talking on the phone there at the desk that some conversation about some patient wanting to know about you know vaccine it, does the blood come from people that have been vaccinated and being an issue but this guy was being all smug about it I it really right I, I had a really hard time. And, and when I was leaving, he was Just talking about s- something about conspiracy theory, blah, blah. Yeah, I had a really hard time, but I was right outside of my uncle's door and I didn't want to get into a throwdown with this guy, you know. Right? So I just, I just kind of, I just like, I like, <laughs> laughed tell him at not him. to like, breathe his spike proteins walking. on you. Yeah. And of course, Put keep your, your anti mRNA mask on. Spike proteins away from me. Yeah. So, anyways. Yeah, I should make myself one of those special masks just because because our, our local you know, hospital, you still have to mask. 
So I should make my own mask and I'll wear it, but it'll say, yeah, if you're vaccinated, don't breathe on me. I don't want your spike protein. If you take a mask and you shove it in your pocket, they don't say a word. No, they they would. Oh, they when do. they give it to you, I've heard um, people say they just ignore them and they don't do anything to you. I I've I've done that at Van Wert Hospital and they do not ignore you. And I, How I literally long could, because they know I was, you. That's because they know you. You're I, a problem. I, yeah, I'm a problem person. Um, I I literally <laughs> took me like less than a minute to get in the hospital into my uncle's room, so it's not worth the hassle. I think it is. You know where you cannot wear a mask inside of stores in New York because. Think you're gonna hold yeah. the place up? Yeah. You know where you can't wear <laughs> Mayor a mask. Adams is saying they got to get rid of the mask. You where you, you know where you can't wear a mask? That's crazy. Walmart in Portland. Because there, but are you none. also can't shop there or go there. You can't wear anything in there. You can't wear a mask. No or no mask because they're closed them all forever. Because too many people were stealing <laughs> from them. Yeah, they were getting robbed blind. That they just said we're sh- all the WalMarts in the city of Portland are being shut down. You know that they budget theft into their year. Yes. That, yeah, but theft, not, theft not, is, no, no, no. Not I'm saying no, no, no. Not, not on that I'm level. saying I'm saying theft is in the budget, and still it's probably surpassing that. That that's what oh, I'm yeah. saying is people are like, oh, what Walmart can't afford to have some stuff stolen? No, they know that it happens. They literally, I'm sure, budget for it, not but not at that and level. And 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 if there's so much theft that they are willing to close, literally close a store, do you think that they're just doing that to make a point? No, they're doing that because they're losing money. Oh, that room. Yeah, they don't care. That was uh, bottom line. Matt Walsh addressed that. I hadn't listened to Matt Walsh in like three weeks or something. And I listened to his show the other day and he was talking about that. He's all like, that's insane. He goes, when when all else fails, when the apocalypse has come and, you know, the rats and the cockroaches, he goes, Walmart, you still, Walmart will still be there in the neighborhood. You know, he goes, and the fact that they could not survive in Portland, are you kidding me? What, what an indictment against the city of Portland. Keep and, and Portland. And what well, isn't that like their motto? Keep Portland weird. Isn't that what they say? <laughs> that's Austin. No, no, no. It was Portland first. That's that's some cultural appropriation, Austin. <laughs> Portland is the original. Keep Portland weird, and um, uh, now it's keep Portland weird and Walmartless. Well, if you define yourself as weird, you are admitting that you are outside yeah. of the normal society. Going yeah. back to. Um, what Sarah Huckabee Sanders' um, State of the Union response? They are team crazy and yeah. proud. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was their motto for a long time, and yeah, that's an interesting point because now they're trying to convince everybody that everything is normal, even though in the past they probably don't even they probably don't claim that motto anymore. Now that I think about it, and I'd heard it a long time ago, but. They probably don't say keep Portland weird like, because they make just... Portland the norm. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Make everywhere. Ooh. Make everywhere Portland. Oh my gosh. I saw this. Somebody was the other day that Al Gore, you know, he Mr. Big Climate Change Crisis guy. That he was born in 1948, and there were 170 thousand glaciers in 1948. And in 2023, we have gone all the way to 170,000 glaciers. But are they The exact same number that we had when he was born. (laughs) I actually heard that somebody, okay, so someone said um, that it was, I I heard 130. 
130,000 glaciers well, they, then, and there's 130,000 glaciers now. And then someone said, well, there's actually there actually were 200,000 glaciers yeah, then. Yeah, I saw that too. But there's also 200,000 glaciers now. So yeah, whatever the number, there, there hasn't changed. Yeah, there are two groups that disagree. But in the case of each but of them, it's, it's the same, same yeah. number before and then. So it's... We have, matter. you know, they were saying that that we were going to have to tell our kids what snow looked like because they won't get to see it. And then there's it's now snow in, in California. It snowed here yesterday. Yeah. Well, I'm over it. In one snow last here week or so ago, when it was last week that weekend, they got more. They got seventy percent more snow in one snow than they get in the for their whole year normally. In the state there's of snow California. at the Hollywood sign. Uh, yeah. You know which. Was it Big Bear or Mammoth got over 100 inches in that snowstorm? It was, you know, um, it's crazy. Here's the thing, I, a philosophical thing, though, that I, the, the climate crisis people are always worried about destroying the earth, that the earth has this great value to it that we need to preserve and, and we're going to destroy it. The only reason the earth has value is because of the people living on it. If there is not sentient life, then there is no point to the earth. It can come, it can go, it can exist, it cannot exist. We are the ones that give the earth value. Yeah, but, and yet, but if you're, yeah, but they don't, they don't see it that way. They, they think if, well, if but humans are eradicated, that the earth itself without us will flourish. That, that's it, the kind it, of stuff they say all the time. Is the earth they're insane? Sentient? Some other they think no, and the okay. earth will flourish long enough yeah. that some other that some other that some other creature will they... eventually evolve into something yeah. like us in the future. They're crazy. They're crazy. So they say if all humans die off, then the earth will like you know regenerate itself. Regenerate itself into what? Like I overgrown jungle. <laughs> well, it even then it doesn't Pangea. It it regardless of where we're going with faith most people the majority of people in this country and on this planet still do not believe in pure evolution they don't they may not believe in the god of the bible yeah i don't know if that's true or not anymore i i don't well, I think there's there's if you no I disagree. Couple, there's Christians that believe in pure evolution. They don't believe in pure evolution. God ordained evolution. Exactly. There's still a God running the show. There's still some divine being out there that they believe in some form of intelligent design. We did not evolve out of primordial life. Did not come from non-life. People do. People don't believe that. The majority of people do not believe that. They may not. They certainly would don't argue that God. Even non, I would even a lot of faiths that are non-Christian believe in yes, some sort of. Like, I would argue that the majority God. of people don't think about it at all. You're right That's if you pose the question true. to them and if you presented the two sides to them and you talked about it for a while. They would. You're right. They probably would come to that conclusion. Uh, but I would say the majority of people don't think about it at all. Well, that may be true, but it doesn't change the fact that when you, if you drill down. The reason this world has value is because we sentient human beings live on it. And that leads me to an interesting question, which is then, wouldn't it be in the devil's interest to get us to destroy our world? Absolutely. And that's what my point in, in is that there is no... We're destroying ourselves by thinking that the earth 
has some value that needs to be preserved when the only thing that gives it value is the fact that we live on it. Yep. That's good. I haven't thought about that. So semi-climate related, climate crisis related, is that I heard a clip of Kamala Harris speaking at some kind of event talking about climate mental health. And speaking with young people, asking them to help me understand, let's unpack this. I mean, one of the young leaders was talking to me about climate mental She's health. so whiny. She said, tell me what's going on with your peers. Climate mental health. And she talked, I said, I think I understand that, but unpack it for me. And she talked about how her peers are thinking about it. One example is, you know, whether when they're ready, could they start a family? worried about what that would mean and the stress of it. They were talking about it in terms of their peers trying to figure out, you know, they're going to have to get a job and they're going to have to make a living, but what can they do and how can they adapt the education that they're having now to their activism? What? Okay. Okay. No, no, no. A couple points here. First of all, I despise that woman's voice. She sounds like she's crying all the time. Uh, and we tend to pack it. And I just, I can't, I want to. <laughs> okay. It's unbearable. People, her voice is the, terrible. The people that, whoever was telling her this, if it's a real thing that she's talking about, those people are genuinely worried. So the climate mental health problem isn't their mental health affected by the actual climate. It's affected by the lies being spewed into them that they're not going to be able to have yeah. kids because that's. That's immoral because it overpopulation, it's killing the earth. Or like, what? First of all, you're not going to be able to start a family, but it's not for climate reasons. It's because the world is out to make everyone infertile. Number two, you, uh, the job, getting a, oh, I'm going to have to get a job and work. How am I going to be an <laughs> activist? Welcome to life. A, a job gives you purpose. It gives your life no. meaning. I think the there biggest... was work in the Bible before the curse. Work is a godly thing. <laughs> I think the biggest thing is that uh, to take from that is what you said first. Yeah, they're not going to not be able to do those things because of actual. They're not having a problem because of actual climate events that are happening that are keeping them from doing things. It's yeah. just it's just the their fear of those yeah. things which are based in absolutely made up statistics all you younger people i can just say that trust me there there is no weather event happening in the world that i have not seen in my life before there none of none of this is new there's it's it's all happened within my lifetime of 63 years so one of the lies being spewed at them that they talked about how am i going to have kids because they're believing this overpopulation but we have a study from the cato institute that they analyzed prices of hundreds of commodities, goods, services spanning two centuries, and they found that resources were more abundant as the population grew. Almost like there's more people to produce right. the, for they, they, the population. Well, what they concluded was that every person, peop, on average, people contribute more than they take out of the world. So you actually have an expansion of the prosperity of the of the the you know the goods and services in the world by people being born it, it because we contribute more than we take out what is it like everyone in the world would fit within texas 
Yeah, Ron Gino yeah, says like, Texas, like Louisiana, and Florida something. with yeah, with a you know yeah. good sized apartment. And... The um the Cato Institute is my organization, but it's based in Mexico. Cato. <laughs> <laughs> it's a T though. I know. So it's not that's how you do. That's how you do Spanish. You just yeah. put yeah, an, yeah, an O at the end. Of I got it. I got an F O. I got an F O. <laughs> I got an F O in Spanish. <laughs> Brian Regan should really listen to our podcast. Do you think I, that Brian Regan video I said you guys was funny? I didn't it watch is it. like, it's good. It is basically a same joke. He's done like the same joke with the same mannerisms and the same tone of voice, but different. But a different joke and punch. Well, that's why I said it's classic. I'm it's I, like classic I've seen Brian this before, Regan. but not these words. Yeah. I know. <laughs> Sergeant Tyler Vargas. Andrew, oh, the U.S. Sad. Marine Corps sniper, testified in front of Congress that, remember it, when they were withdrawing from Afghanistan and people were hanging on the sides of the airplanes and all that, everybody's trying to get into the airport, and then the, the uh, Al-Qaeda bomber came and blew up and killed 13 Marines and then like 100 other people, um, but the 13 Marines were killed. He testified that, as I said, he had the shot. He had the guy in his crosshairs and was denied the authority he was denied permission to take the shot had he taken that shot we'd have those 13 marines would be alive they even called um their commanding officer over to look at what they were looking at and it is that person's responsibility to make that call yes or no they don't get to say i don't know but when they said you know what what should we do and they said basically they had they had the shot on the guy they, they they had they saw the two people an older gentleman and the younger one who they believe who the guy says he believes to this day was the suicide bomber um that one that man was clean shaven which is a big deal because that is like i believe a ceremonial thing that they do that that's like a religious thing they do before they're going to blow themselves up so that matters the the fact that he said he was clean shaven and that the other man that was with him the older one who was encouraging him and talking to him was wearing a um was was the headdress thing. Whoa, drawing a blank. I know what it is. What is it? A turban? I don't know. No, no, I, covering I his face like a woman wears. Oh, oh, oh. Hijab. Oh, a jihab or a she, what do they call yeah, it? Yeah. Hijab. Wow. Hijab. What is that? A hijab, yes. Jihab. <laughs> jihad. A jihab hijab. It's a female jihad. It's a female jihad. Yes. Anyway, he was wearing that. So, um, I mean, the clean shaven part, though, is the big is the big deal. That's how they knew. That he was about to blow himself up. And so they, and then the guy who said he had the shot, he ended up getting, he's missing his right arm. He's missing his right arm and his he was, left, his and his left leg. his torso was just filled with ball bearings, he said. And, um, and then his mentor was killed. And he looked up and he just saw unconscious and dead Marines everywhere around him. Yeah. And every day that guy must think, what if I just disobeyed the order? He, or what if I, what if, what if, know, if he said, I don't know, if, if he said, I don't know, then do I get to make the decision? If the person who has to make that decision, yes or no, refuses to, do I get to? And does, I, he probably thinks all the time, what if I just shot that guy? Yeah, it's sad. Last week, I brought a story related to International Women's Day, but... That was more of a joke, but this one makes me a lot more mad because it's not just a company, you know, virtue signaling, whatever. Jill Biden, for International Women's Day, they have these all these women 
at the White House to receive this uh, International Women of Courage Award. And one of the recipients was a biological man. Now, other recipients include a doctor who attended school secretly under the Taliban and later worked to help refugees, the former president of the Central African Republic's Constitutional Court, who was removed by the government after finding proposals after she said that their proposals to redraft the Constitution were not legally sound. A bunch of women in Africa and the Middle East working on, like, actual human and women's rights issues. And then they gave it to this biological man in, what, somewhere in South America who's working for, like, LGBT rights, all this stuff. I have so many issues. One, I, you could maybe give some kind of women's rights award to a man if it were not called the woman's award and it were say a long time ago when women actually couldn't do all the work themselves and men had to vote to give women the right to vote i could see some man being an integral yeah, part of that except for the women during that time period would the women during that time period were upset that the men were giving them the right to vote because yeah, they didn't want <laughs> the responsibility of having to sign up for the draft as well which they still don't have to even though you're supposed to yeah um so Wait, no the were, actual if, women if during that actually, time wouldn't have wanted them okay. to have it <laughs> If some man was actually doing something for women's rights or for women equality, I don't know, whatever, I can see how you may give them some award. But you wouldn't call it the Woman of Courage Award. Also, this man is not doing anything for women. He's tearing women down. He's made some sort of conference of women, but it includes anyone who's femme or LGBT, transgender women, all this stuff. This, I just... Well, it's so aggravating. You're giving a word, an award about furthering women's rights to a person who's tearing them apart. Women's equality is such a first world issue because in every other oh, part yeah. of the world, women don't want to be equal to men because being a man is terrible, especially in a place well, where there's not civilization and there's not it's not it's not first world. They, they don't want equality. Because they don't want what's expected of men to be expected of them. And trafficked. Okay, I understand. I understand that. I don't think they want to have to wear a hijab or the a burqa head to toe covered in order to go out. I don't think they want to. That's not equality though. That's not equality though. Okay, I know, but I'm saying so. There's actual women's rights issues places. Yeah, but you but you keep saying like you were saying women's equality. It's not about women's equality. So yeah, yeah. So if you you drop that part, I want to have the same opportunities, but I don't want to be. Yeah, if you want to, if you drop that women's equality part, yes, totally. But that whole equality thing, it drives me nuts because <laughs> women don't want to be equal. I asked mom about this story last night. I said, "Do you feel um, diminished? Do you feel attacked? You know, since they gave this man this uh, women's award?" And she said, "No, because I have no respect for the people that are giving the award. I, I they mean nothing to me. They're." You know, so she said, I'd, ha- I'd have to respect them in order for them to offend me. So, and I, I mean, that's a valid point, but um, it's, it is, it, it is so We're going silly. backwards. Pardon me? We're going backwards. Y- you mean civil- to... civilization-wise, societally? Well, I guess, you, yeah, you could say that. <laughs> well, what do you mean by I going think, backwards? Like, women, well, if you think, like, one of the big things they talk about, Title IX being such a big win for women, and then... It's being erased. Yeah, it, it, it yeah, is. Yeah, the whole transgenderism society going back. thing it, is like an attack on their the fact that, Title Nine. Yeah, and the fact that I, you would give this, the, the fact that you would give a woman of courage award to a man, basically saying that women can't do it on their own. We couldn't further whatever we wanted on our own. We needed this man to dress up as yeah, a woman to do I, it. 
And I asked mom, I said, does it, does it bother you that basically they're diminishing your superpower? And she's all like, oh no, I have superpower. <laughs> and it was, and it was, I was talking about her ability to have children. She was talking about her ability to get me to do anything I, that she wants me to do. So. <laughs> they kept giving um, those awards to, you're right, transgender women. And um, the one joke that everybody kept making is, look, men are better women than women. That's what you're yeah, saying. Yeah. That's, a, that's so, that's yeah. so, so wrong. Offensive. Yeah. That's yeah. yeah that's, I can think of so many that's, women. That's insane. That's so offensive. That <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, yeah, Leah Thomas is the best female swimmer. <laughs> they now have the uh, was is it Wisconsin or Minnesota? The, the uh, a well, judge now just letting the powerlifters. Yes, they have yeah, to. They have the to let thing. male powerlifters compete with the females. Now, I will give this piece of advice to Tucker Carlson. He had a female powerlifter on to speak on this. Um, next time you do that, do not have one who's on like amazing amounts of roids. <laughs> this woman had the jawline of a Cro-Magnon man. I mean, it was insane. <laughs> she, she was roided up big time. Um, whatever. If I'm she, here to talk about women's rights. She was speaking in a higher <laughs> voice, but it was almost, you could tell like she was trying to. <laughs> yeah. So it was funny. Big time roids. Because I'm so, not going to, if a transgender woman actually was taking estrogen and like hormone blockers, if the woman, the actual woman lifter is taking like steroids and stuff, they might actually have higher she, levels of yeah, testosterone at that yeah. point. <laughs> So, Cade, I want to... The Clintons got another one. Yeah. This story, I, when I read this to Dad, he's like, what? He's like, that's up. How is that possible? And um, So, anyway, let me. I'm just going to read this because it's crazy. Um, where, where's the part where... Um, okay. I'll just say. A former um, lawyer in the Bill Clinton and... Barack Obama administrations died on a private jet from extreme turbulence. Yeah. Extreme but the turbulence. Is, Kate, there were other how, people. How many other her. people on the plane were injured? Zero. Zero other people were even injured. Have you read the movie, the, the book Airframe by uh, Michael Crichton? Because that's what they were going for. No. No. I know this that the amount of turbulence that would take to kill you in the airplane would. It may not tear the airplane apart, but you would have damage to the airplane when you landed. Yes. And nobody, and and there's nothing where everybody else would be completely unscathed. Were there witnesses? Like, people were in the plane. It was her husband. Her husband. Her husband and okay. his son. And his son. Not her son. His son. And she, I think, is 55. So this, his son could very well be an adult. And, um, okay, so we can confirm that the aircraft was owned by Connexon and that Dana Hyde was the wife, that's a woman who died, was the wife of Connexon partner Jonathan Chambers. Um, Jonathan and his son were on the flight also and not injured in the incident. How about the pilots? What do they say? They're all paid. They paid did, all these people. Did, did we mention that they were she up was front. A, Did we mention she's a, Clint, a former Clinton lawyer? 
Yeah. There should yes. be also, don't you have data? Should ta- Also, we have weather patterns. Box. We can know yeah, exactly. What, yes. yeah, what was yes. the weather like? Did you get okay. black box yeah. to see so, if the plane the really... Path that, yeah. Exactly. What was the weather? What was the turbulence? What was the airplane today? What was the air... All what, you need is an accelerometer what was from inside the plane. The, well, you can see that there's major changes in altitude of the aircraft, and all that's recorded on the black box. From 2002 like, to 2004... This is airframe. From 2002 to 2004, she was a member of the commission that investigated the September 11, 2001 terrorist attacks. This is still airframe because they basically, the ship or the plane, they just, they, I don't know, they stall and they end up like nosediving and they go really steep, up, down, up, down, and people get thrown all over the plane. That's like the only, (laughs) and they didn't tell her it was going to happen. Everyone else strapped in. I've been in an airplane when you literally just, we just, boom, drop a thousand feet in a blink of an eye. All, all that change in altitude is recovered or is recorded on the flight data recorder. I mean, that's what it does. So if there was those kind of changes, it happens. I mean, planes do hit pockets and things going on in the air where they will literally change one to 3,000 feet. I mean, some really dramatic stuff in a, in a you know, almost instantly. Um, but yeah. we don't read about people dying in them. Um, but it can all be known. So it's either that. I mean, so... So either dad and son got her on the airplane, killed her, and then they said it was turbulence. Or I also heard it's possible that the dog shot her. <laughs> that dang dog. He's he at it learn, again. He needs to learn some trigger discipline. How'd he get out? <laughs> they didn't keep him locked up, up in Kentucky? No. Well, at first they're just like, no, this is an accident. It's a dog. But now, yeah, so they let, now I don't know if he can play dumb yeah. anymore. He can play dead. But he can't play dumb. I want to hear this Bernie Sanders clip. What, did you he, hear? Did you listen to this? I, I've I, heard I things you? about yeah. it. He doesn't know the difference between um, equity and equality. Yeah. Wasn't this on the show? Was this on, on Bill, um, Bill yeah, Maher Russell where Brand Russell Brand and John was also Heilman. there? Yeah. Um, all right. when, John, when Russell Brand destroys John Heilman. Yeah, that was great. Are we confusing equality of opportunity with trying to guarantee equity and outcomes? Okay, that's interesting because I think this word equity has come into the language in the last few years, and before that we didn't hear it a lot. And I think a lot of people hear equity and they hear equality. Like it's the same word. And it's not the same word in the same concept. So how would you differentiate between equity and equality? Well, equality, we talk about... uh, I don't know what the answer to that is. Come to think of it, you know, uh, equality is equality of opportunity. All right? We live in a society we want all people right. to have whatever color your skin is. Equity, I think, is more guarantee of outcome, is it not? I yeah, think... I think so. I think that's okay. Right. So which do you come? Which side do you come down on? Uh, we... Equality. Equality. Uh, no, he yeah. doesn't. Okay. What a liar. No, he well, doesn't. Yeah, I, I think he's, he's equity all the way. How for, can you claim yeah. to be a socialist and then, and then, and then have those two definitions set out loud and then say, "Oh, I think I agree with equality." No, you don't. Well, here's the but here's the point. I, if he does actually, because that's been this American standard for forever that we we choose equality, that means that the Biden administration has gone left of the communist. Because they, because he's a communist, and the Biden administration pushes equity, so they are left of the avowed communist. 
and Michael Knowles is right of Attila the Hun. <laughs> and not only that, it, Bernie doesn't know the difference between equity and equality. These are the people we have running our government. They are some of the dumbest people. I mean, like, you know, it's they've been saying, Pat Gray and them been going on about the Venn diagram of, our, of the Biden administration. You have dumb and evil. And I pointed out that the intersection of those two is devil. I think the devil's really dumb. And evil. No. Oh, no. I don't think the devil is dumb. Yeah, because that would mean that every time we give in to him, we're uh, we're even dumber. We are dumber. We are dumber. Yeah, well, that's fair. Our own selfish interests make us dumb. Our own selfish desires make us dumb. And I'm at the front of the line. I have no problem and admitting I'm that. I'm chief among sinners. <laughs> yes. Okay, Paul. And also, Kamala Harris now has seen a Venn diagram for the first time that she doesn't like. <laughs> the intersection of dumb and evil. I don't like that Venn diagram. I know we touched on the COVID stuff earlier, but I thought it was interesting that Naomi Wolf clip that we talked about. She's saying that... Um, that uh, Pfizer knew that the vaccine was going to increase blood clotting. And back like in 2017, I think they bought, they bought the um, patent or whatever it is. Is it Eliquist? For blood thinners. Yeah. Blood thinner knowing. And, and they said, we are going to increase our profit by like, I forget a billion dollars in five years or something like that. And it's, it's actually been way more than that. So it, they planned ahead and they knew how they were going to profit from purchasing the blood thinners. And then they had a vaccine that caused blood clotting. So and their blood thinner was ready to go and they made a bunch of billions of dollars more. That is so evil. I, I'll go back to what I said last week. Our government, even with Pfizer doing what they're doing and, and others, but, but, but it happens. When Pfizer does something like that, it's facilitated by our federal government. There are all kinds of people in our government that are benefiting financially from Pfizer and Moderna and all them benefiting as well. Our federal government conducts more criminality every day than any other entity or person or company in this country. From anti-constitutional efforts all the way down to homicide, manslaughter, theft, embezzlement, drug trafficking, they're doing it all. There's nobody that even comes close to conduct to committing the amount of criminality on a daily basis as our federal government does. And you know what? Sad part. So where else are you gonna go? Yeah. So have a good week, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> we hope to make it that far to next week. No, I. Caden. <laughs> And Courtney and his family, they have a dog named Hogan. And Hogan has not been living with them. Um, but Hogan is going to start living with them again. And I, so Cade got a just doghouse. He was telling me how sweet this doghouse is. And I said, is it big enough that we can add some, like put, you know, add some chickens to it? And Cade's all like, I'm, no, he goes, you can't do that with Hogan. I'm like, well, I would put up like a barrier so that Hogan wouldn't bother the chickens. Cade's all like, that's not the issue. Her Hogan will be terrified of the chickens. Dude, so scared of the chickens. Hogan is a <laughs> Hogan's a wuss, man. It, the, the The separation would be for his benefit, not for the chickens. The chickens would be in charge. <laughs> so, but we got to get some chicken. I've been looking at starting gardening too, and Courtney's all down with that. Oh, I have a tip for you. I learned about chickens. 
someone told me that if you get chickens, like for if their first laying season happens in the winter, then they will lay more eggs in the winter when it gets cold. So you get your chickens and like you get your chicks in about August and then you'll have a set of winter chickens. Do you need a set of summer chickens to go along with the winter chickens? I think so, yeah. You need seasonal chickens. Seasonal what if chickens. you just put them in like air conditioning? Or you climate control them. Yeah, what if you just made it cold all the time? They would so think, they climatize to it? Yeah, they would think that it was cold all the time. Or you could just make it, make warm, it warm all, all the time. time. Yeah. For the summer chickens. Or just have one set of chickens and keep them in a climate control Climate controlled? Yeah, Yeah, situation. but that seems expensive. It actually seems cheaper to just get a second yeah, set of chickens. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Especially the way energy costs are going up and our grid is uh, not reliable. But we don't want to go there. This is supposed to be a fun ending. <laughs> <laughs> well, I say that uh, – so my granddaughters were with me this morning today when I was working out and almost the entire time um, while I was working out. And it's fine. They don't interrupt me or bother, you know, bother me, get in my way. Except I did find that it was more challenging to work out when the floor is lava. 